Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs are based on the ministry of Witness Lee and his 21-year crowning work, The Life Study of the Bible, which focuses on the enjoyment of Christ as the divine life as revealed in the Bible. We hope that through these studies you'll be brought into a deeper enjoyment of the Scriptures and of our dear and precious Lord Jesus. You can contact us by sending email to radio at lsm.org or reach us toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. Now, let's join today's program. At a critical time during the final few days before his crucifixion, the Lord Jesus took the disciples to the Mount of Olives. From that spot, looking across to the temple in all its splendor, he spoke to them of the coming events that would ultimately usher in the kingdom of God to the earth. Let's pick up his word to the disciples in Mark chapter 13 and verse 1. And as he was going out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Teacher, behold, what wonderful stones and what wonderful buildings. And Jesus said to him, Do you see these great buildings? There shall by no means be left here a stone upon a stone which shall not be thrown down. And as he sat on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter and James and John and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when will these things be, and what will be the sign when all these things are about to be accomplished? And Jesus began to say to them, See that no one leads you astray. Many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will lead many astray. And when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. It must happen, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise up against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines. These things are the beginning of birth pangs. This phrase, birth pangs, is a clear reference to a coming delivery. A child is being born. But what is this birth that he spoke of? And has it taken place even yet? Many clear signs are unveiled in Mark chapter 13, and here to... Uh, Help us get into these signs. Matt Miller, back, I know, Matt, you were uh, with Francis Ball in our previous program, touching some of these same matters. Quite a chapter, isn't it, Mark 13? Mark 13 is a great chapter, Chris. I feel like it's almost a turning point in the whole book. Yeah. Because uh, we use the verse in Second Peter in the last program, chapter 1, verse 19, about the sure word of prophecy that's a light shining in a dark place. And this was a dark place for the disciples right before the Lord died. I mean, this is like three days before he goes to the cross and dies. It's a difficult moment, and he's taking them to this calm area on the top of Mount of Olives, and in a calm way, explaining to them the things to come, the prophecy of what will happen before the end comes. It must have been quite an experience for the disciples, you know, as the Mount of Olives sits adjacent to uh, the Temple Mount, uh, where now, of course, the Dome of the Rock is, but in those days, the Temple, uh, which was a very spectacular Facade. There's a replica of it. It's uh, scaled down, you know, but it's still substantial. I mean, it's it's like on an acre site, and you have to walk around it uh, in Jerusalem, of uh, uh, the temple there, and it's a beautiful, gleaming white marble structure. And from the site, the Mount of Olives, where they were looking at it, it would have been uh, 
very striking and, and, and surely a center even for the disciples. I mean, they grew up as Jews in Israel and that was the center of everything. And here the Lord has just told them that this building was going to be destroyed. Uh, no stone left upon another. And a clear prophecy that had not yet been fulfilled when he spoke of it. Of course, you touched that in the last program. But there are more specific prophecies that come up in this chapter. We're going to touch a few of those today. Some very specific, some more general, like the earthquakes and famines uh, and wars that uh, we read about in these early verses. But a couple of these things we're going to talk about today, Matt, very specific events that can be pinpointed historically, aren't they? They are, Chris, and it's easy when you look back on things. Hindsight's much clearer than foresight, right? but this is complete foresight. This is prophecy. The Lord is giving a prediction of what's going to happen before the end, and we're going to see very specifically what will happen before the end, which still hasn't come. Much of it has, but the thrust or the heart of what the Lord is going to talk about here has not happened yet. So I hope our listeners will stay with us, because if they haven't heard this before, of what the interpretation of the Lord's word here in Mark 13, which is also in Matthew 24 and other places in the scripture, including Daniel chapter 9. Our listeners are going to want to hear this. Yeah, these are the key chapters, Daniel chapter 9, Mark 24, Matthew 24, Mark 13. Of course, uh, other references in Revelation. But these uh, specific events, let's at least talk about the one that you and uh, Francis covered in our last program. Here, in these first few verses of the chapter, he clearly tells them that the temple is going to be destroyed, and that actually literally happened uh, just a few decades after his crucifixion, didn't it? A.D. 70 was when Titus destroyed Jerusalem and tore the temple down, and this prophecy was fulfilled. Not one stone was left upon another, and the historian Josephus gets into the thorough destruction that Titus, the Roman armies, carried out, the destruction that they carried out upon the city of Jerusalem. Okay, man, let's look at another one of these prophecies. It comes up in the section beginning at verse 14. But when you see the abomination of desolation standing where it should not, let him who reads understand. Then let those in Judea flee to the mountain, and let him who is on the housetop not come down nor enter in to take anything out of his house. And let him who is in the field not turn back to take his garment. But woe to those who are pregnant, and to those who are nursing babies in those days. But pray that it may not happen in winter, for those days will be a time of tribulation such as has not occurred from the beginning of the creation which God created until now nor shall by any means ever occur. And unless the Lord had shortened the days, no flesh would be saved. But on account of the chosen whom he chose, he shortened the days. All right, here's Witness Lee, Matt. This long portion covers quite a span. No doubt, according to verse 14, it refers to the coming day. Verse 14 says, when you see the abomination of desolation, that is an idol, the image of Antichrist set up right in the center of the temple, which is called the abomination for desolation by Daniel in his book, chapter 9. Then let those in Judea flee to the mountains. By this verse, you can decide this portion of the word refers to the coming day. In the Jewish history, in these 2,000 years, 
between the Lord's ascension and his coming back. In Jewish history, two tragedies would transpire. One transpired AD 70. There was a great tragedy. Titus, the Roman prince, with the Roman army, destroyed Jerusalem. The good Bible students and teachers do realize that was a prefigure. Titus, with his army, destroying Jerusalem thoroughly, was a prefigure of the coming Antichrist. The coming Antichrist will also use the Roman army to destroy Jerusalem once more. It was destroyed AD 70. It will be destroyed another time. You see, these two, Titus and Antichrist, they are what? Of the same category. Actually, they stand for the same person. Here, the Lord's words are somewhat referring to the coming day of Antichrist. And at the same time, if you read carefully, the word here implies also the destruction transpired A.D. 70, under Titus. You have to take these two things in, then you could understand this portion of the word. Matt, the first destruction of the temple took place under the Babylonian king Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, then, in what the fifth, sixth century BC, there was a decree allowing uh, the children of Israel to return from Babylon to rebuild the city and eventually the temple. Then, in the second century BC, it was destroyed a second time by Antiochus Epiphanes. Then, the third destruction, the one after the Lord's prophecy that you just mentioned a, a moment ago, took place in 70 AD. But still, there's another destruction yet coming. And along with that, prior to the destruction, there's going to be this event called the Abomination of Desolation. Why don't you talk about that a little bit and why that would be a significant item? Yeah, Chris, the type of the Antichrist is seen in both Antiochus Epiphanes in the 2nd century B.C. when he defiled the temple. Antiochus Epiphanes actually set up an image in the temple and defiled the temple. It was a a real defiling there. And so that's a type of Antichrist who will also do the same thing at the end of this age. Titus was also a type of Antichrist in his destroying Jerusalem as a desolator to Jerusalem. And the verses here are key. In verse 14, it says, when you see the abomination of desolation. Okay, this is the Lord's description describing the abomination of desolation standing where it should not. And there's an insert here. Let him who reads understand. Yeah. This is not a, a common understanding. You have to have insight. And if you look at Matthew 24, verse 15, the Lord, in speaking about the same thing, refers back to, as was spoken by Daniel the prophet. Right. This abomination of desolation was spoken by Daniel the prophet. And so if you look at Daniel chapter 9, verse 27, he talks about this abomination of desolation and directly relates it to the Antichrist, who at the end of this age will set up a covenant of peace with Israel and break that covenant halfway through the 70th week, which is three and a half years, halfway through the seven-year agreement, he will break the covenant and set up his image in the temple to be worshipped. And this is the 
abomination of desolation, spoken by Daniel the prophet. It also is significant, and this is not clearly understood, I think, by a lot of uh, students of the Bible, but we believe the best interpretation is that it's at this point, at this midpoint, or three and a half years into this last seven-year period spoken of by Daniel, uh, it's at this point that really the Great Tribulation begins. The Tribulation, you know, most believers talking about the time of the rapture and all of these end-time events, is not a seven-year period per se. The last whole week is seven years, but as you said, the first three and a half years, it's a kind of a relatively peaceful situation because Antichrist is guaranteed the safety of the nation of Israel and allowed them to begin again the sacrifices and oblations in the temple that will be rebuilt. So when the covenant is broken after three and a half years, then the great tribulation begins. And that's what is really described in these verses, isn't it? A, a tribulation such as has never been seen on the earth. That's right, Chris. And that's why, uh, you know, as, as you described earlier, the calm situation on the Mount of Olives and the Lord is now unveiling to them this great tribulation that's going to happen at the end of the age. He warns them of the false prophets coming and make it clear. He tells them, the Son of Man is going to come from the heavens. He's not going to come in a hidden way. This one will say he's Christ. That one will say, don't, don't no. believe it. It's right. going to be the Son of Man's going to come on the clouds from heaven. Be very visible, won't it? It's going to be very visible and very clear. You know, Chris, one of the best helps, I think, for our listeners that we could refer them to is the chart at the end of the recovery version right. to help them with this whole puzzle. It puts the whole thing together. The title of the chart is The Chart of the Seventy Weeks and the Coming of Christ with the Rapture of the Saints. Wow. Okay, so it details all the verses, all the a timeline, a description of this mainly this last week of the 70 weeks, the last seven years of this age, the great tribulation with the three and a half years, and details all the verses. So we can't get into it in detail now, but at least we can refer our listeners. If they don't have the recovery version, they could get one. I think this chart is actually online. They could look at it on the right. Internet, or uh, we actually have a wall-sized chart of that we have available. Yeah, we'll give the toll-free number at the end of the program if they'd like to find out about how to get this. Matt, we've got two uh, specific prophecies of negative things. The destruction of the temple took place in 70 A.D., the abomination of desolation of the rebuilt temple. That's yet to happen. But uh, also included in this portion is a prophecy of a more positive nature, not a negative event historically, and that comes up in verse 28-29 of chapter 13, but learn the parable from the fig tree. As soon as its branch has become tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. All right, here's Witness Lee. From verse 28 to verse 37, this is concerning watching, praying, and awaiting the safe Savior. This is not merely a prophecy. It is a kind of a preparation, especially by the last word, watch. Watch is not a prophecy. Watch is a charge that all the believers of the Savior should uh, practice this one lesson. Watch. Yet, you have to know the prophecy. You have to know the things coming. Well, Matthew chapter 24 is more complete, but Mark 13 to me is more brief. It's either to get in. I got to know this kind of prophecy since 1925. You know, now, 58 years passed through my eyes, and I saw so many fulfillments of these prophecies. 
especially the reformation of the nation evil and uh, the return of Jerusalem to the Jews. These two things may be considered with today's nation Israel as the cursed fig tree revive again. Revive again. And it brings forth the leaves. We couldn't see the fruit yet. The leaves are just the outward show. Today, the nation of Israel does have very much outward show. A little nation, you have to know, not geographically, it is at the center of the globe, inhabited globe, right? You look at the map, you can realize uh, Palestine with the capital, Jerusalem, is the very center of the inhabited globe. Even today, it is the center. No need to say 2,000 years ago, it was the center. It was the center, right the center of the three continents, Asia, Europe, and Africa. And today, even you include Australasia, Asia, America, and so forth, still the nation of Israel is the center of the inhabited earth, geographically. Matt, I remember being in Israel, and we were north of uh, Jerusalem, I think about 30 miles. We were on this hill. It's called a tell, which means, you know, it was an archaeological site. Our guide said, you know, where we're standing is where the land masses of the continents of Europe, Asia, and Africa all meet. It is the most unstable fault on the planet. And here's just a few miles north of the city of Jerusalem. Uh, still today, Witness Lee was speaking 22 years ago when he gave this message. Still today, look how this part of the world still dominates the geopolitical scene. Quite something. It is, Chris, and it's amazing to me how Witness Lee was studying these things in 1925 before Israel returned right. as a nation, before right. the fig tree started to put forth the leaves and show its return. Yet he was still, according to the scripture, realizing it's going to happen. It's another thing for people after that to say the Lord is going to restore Israel because he did it. <laughs> right. That's not, it doesn't take a lot of insight into the scripture, but Witness Lee was around 25 years before that happened, studying this and clear it's going to happen when it happened. He just saw the Bible being fulfilled right before his eyes, just like we're going to see the Bible fulfilled right before our eyes if we're alive on the earth when the Antichrist comes and sets up his image in the temple. So, Matt, this exhortation, not a prophecy, for all believers to watch, still applies today, doesn't it? It does, Chris, and that's a good lead into yeah, our next is. section. All right, here we go. Here's Witness Lee for our last portion. Now, politically, even military, <laughs> the nation of Israel is the center of the world problem. Today, in the newspapers, Mideast is a big problem. It's a big headache. To all the politicians, a small country, still less than three millions. Around it, over 17 Arab countries. They had no way to deal with it. <laughs> they had no way. Because the nation of Israel is a totality of the fulfillment of so many crucial prophecies in the Bible. Now, we do see the leaves sprung out. 
Israel was reformed, Jerusalem was returned, and they are now sewing the leaves. So we have to realize that the summer will come back. Hold on, I don't know what to say. But anyhow, these things are happening. And uh, as these things are happening, the uh, delivery of the man-child is going on. <laughs> Two things here on God's side. The flourishing of the nation Israel and the delivery of the man-child, that new man on this earth. These two things are on God's side going on. As a peril, the recovery of the church life should go, you see, in peril with the flourishing of the nation of Israel. And this peril will come to the end nearly at the same time. The nation of Israel will come to the point at the time of the great tribulation. And the church will come to the same point at the great tribulation. If you like to know this, I ask you to study all the life study messages on Matthew and on Revelation. We put out this already. Go to those messages, you will get the uh, complete help. Well, Matt, there's a good recommendation for the life studies. We'll come again to that at the uh, end of our time here. We spent most of our time talking about the fulfillment of prophecies, but he makes a point here that parallel to that, in God's eyes, is this delivery being prepared. We opened the program with it. Let's close the program as well. What is this delivery? What is the birth being referred to with birth pangs in these verses? The birth is the birth of the new man. Uh, in John 16, 20 through 22, the Lord said, through his death, a young child was being born. Right. That young child is the new man. It's it's referred to in Ephesians chapter 2 and chapter 4 by Paul. This is the new man that's brought forth through Christ's death. Now, in 1 Peter 1.3, it mentions in Christ's resurrection, we've all been born. But that birth is not completed. The new man is not mature yet. And it's not, the birth is still going on. There's birth pangs. There's some suffering, there's some trials, sorrow, and, and as a result of that, the, the new man will be produced to fulfill God's purpose. In Revelation, it's referred to as the man-child, and again, this is the uh, corporate man-child formed of those who have been brought forth in Christ, and not just in a random way, in, in a lot of individual uh, ways, but a corporate, a built-up new man capable of standing with the Lord in that day, even joining in as his warring army to fight with Antichrist in the final day, and is also prepared and adorned as a bride for Christ. So this is the birth that the whole, not just uh, those of us who follow these things in Bible prophecy, but the Bible says even the whole creation is waiting for this, aren't they? They are, Chris, and it's not enough to just know this. The Lord's word was to watch, and that word is not just a prophecy. That's a charge. We're all charged to watch. We really need to watch. The Lord is coming. We need to be watchful. Well, uh, we have, we're given a lot of encouragement to watch, as we heard in the program today. In 1949, the nation of Israel was reformed for the first time in nearly 2,000 years. Uh, not quite 20 years after that, the city of Jerusalem has returned to Israel. So definitely some leaves are uh, coming forth. But yet there's more development, isn't there? In the fig tree, there's more yet to watch. But really, 
We need to be those who are watching inwardly for this coming of Christ from within all the believers to be built up and produced. Hopefully this will be a a light shining in a dark place to give uh, our listeners hope at whatever dark place they might be in today. Well, the Lord is coming, man. Thanks, Matt. Always good to have you help, and uh, look forward to having more times together. Okay, if you'd like to find out about, now we've mentioned a lot of resources today, the recovery version with the charts, the footnotes, the live studies of several of these books, Daniel, Matthew, Mark, Revelation, contact us. Our toll-free number is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788. Or you can check many of these things out online and take a look already. Uh, or take a look in advance, that uh, web address is just lsm.org, and you can click on the radio button there. There's also a button that will take you to the publication so that you can uh, refer to and see many of these things for yourself. That's all the time we have today. For Matt Miller, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee ministered the Word of God for over seven decades. Many consider these life studies as his seminal work, an exhaustive commentary on the entire Bible from the perspective of the believer's enjoyment and experience of God's divine life in Christ through the Spirit. If you'd like to find more about Witness Lee, these life study messages or any of the materials provided by Living Stream Ministry, please visit our website, lsm.org. That's lsm.org. You can also email us, radio at lsm.org, or call us toll-free, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. Thanks for listening today.